Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slam Fire Radio, episode 293 for February 28th, 2000. 293. 293? No. I said 293. 293. You did say 293, not 293. I know. I said it because of the fact that you're on tonight. and I Because of the fact. Everything's a fact with you. Because of the fact. Because of the fact. Where's my clicker? I got a new clicker thing. Every time you say because of the fact, I'm clicking. The fact is, it's February 20th. It's February 28th, 2019. Fact. Even, the fact is, I'm Actual date. <laughs> Kelly. Trevor. I am, in fact, Adriel. <laughs> you said it. Out <laughs> oh, of order. I was out of order. I'm mm. sorry. Fact. Wow. Yeah. Factually fact. out of order. That's right. I call point of order on that. Speaking of point of order, where is Matthew? He's uh, He's winging it. He's winging it. He mm, yeah. he actually is winging it. Yep, he's uh, on a wing of prayer. Wrestling. We miss him. I miss yes. him. Matthew's, Matthew, Matthew, yeah, Matthew, out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Matthew, you'll hear why. Yeah, so. you'll hear why, buddy. Okay. Yep. Well, oh well. <laughs> sorry, Matthew. All right. Not sorry, not sorry. <laughs> That'll learn you. <laughs> and Bolivar is probably like, oh, I should have stayed on longer. He's not really back anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, what are you going to do? Stop so let's, producing let's, Modern Rifleman Radio? Oh, uh, that nope. got nothing. Nope. All right. Yeah. So why don't we talk, in on, yeah, yeah, why don't we talk about what we did in guns? So what we did in guns this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearm retailer, Labrador Labrador. Oh my God. Labrador. Kind of close. Yeah. Very close. I have the green light to buy one of these, by the way, for the club. Oh, do you? Yeah. Uh, 750 bucks. It's the Labrador chronograph. And of course, I get all the, I I would go with all the bells and whistles because there's other stuff. But why don't you tell us? Sorry. I'll stop interrupting. I'm just excited because I'm allowed to buy one. Go ahead and tell (laughs) us what it's all about. Well, it has advanced tracking radar. It tracks bullets up to 100 yards, up to 100 shots per series with up to 9,999 series. What's that? You said and. It's, I know. I put it in there It's on the cop radar that they point at cars for bullets. Oh. Yep. But that's mm. all it is. And it's amazing. You don't have to attach it to your gun or, sh- or shoot into it like you do with all those ones you put in front and you inevitably pop around into them. Because yep. it sits to the side and it's magic. It just magically detects the bullet going Sweet. down range. It also calculates kinetic energy and power factor for USBSA, IDPA, and IPSC. Oh, so in power factor is nice. Yeah. So USBSA, words, yeah, oh yeah, USB yeah. and SD card downloads. Yeah. Battery status indicator. Like it is the Cadillac of chronographs. So I said to Muffin, I says, I think we need one of these for nationals. And he said, I think you should buy the year ahead so we can learn how to use it. So it'll be bulletproof at nationals. And I'm like, yeah, baby. Well, you're not shooting it. Yeah, we're not bulletproof. You put them to the side of the gun. (laughs) That's the whole point. 
whole point is that you not put the bullet actually physically through the chronograph. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really cool though. No, seriously. So they're in stock at the Calgary shooting center. Mm-hmm. And if you want to chronograph your bullets in non-communist fashion, you'll buy one from them. Right. IPSC and IDPA power factor calculations are on it. Oh my God. You got to buy one of these. Yep. Six AAA battery operation, not included. <laughs> of course the batteries are not included. Okay. <laughs> so why don't we go on with what we did in guns? Trevor, you've got a whole list here. Or you're adding typing to it. as <laughs> you're typing as I'm asking. You want me to go to Adriel first? No, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. So I installed the replacement parts on my Dylan uh, and promptly broke the primer punch. No, so serious? Seriously, as I was uh, reinstalling the primer punch into the uh, the tool head. It broke, yeah. just uh, metal fatigue from going in and out. So ordered a new one. And while I was ordering it, I noticed that the indexer block w- excuse me, was worn. So um, they said, okay, we'll send you a new one of those as well. They sent me some Eclipse for the decapping dies, which they don't have to cover under warranty because it is a part that is that will wear out. It's a wear part kind of thing. It's like asking for new brakes for your car uh, under warranty. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. But um, anyway, they did. Of course, they sent. I'm like, oh no, no, I just look. I can't find them locally. If you can send them, great. But if if, if it's not covered, I'll buy them. He's like, no, no, I'll give you two. You pain in the ass. So anyway, he Do put two in there for me. You have them on speed dial. Uh, no, but the number is 1-800-223-4570. That's easy to remember. Right? How are you going to forget mm-hmm. that? Yeah. My customer number, however, I don't remember, but it is yeah. written on the cover of my manual. So um, so while I uh, shortly after I ordered the indexer block from them, I realized or someone pointed out to me that there's an aftermarket part for this as well. So the indexer block is just a piece of steel and a plastic indexing ring comes down on this piece of steel and it's at an angle and the indexing ring hits the indexer block and that's what um does the self-indexing of the um of the shell plate so it's a progressive press that self-indexes um automatically indexes yeah like the 550 manually indexes you actually have to rotate the shell plate by hand well this one auto indexes the machine does it for you on the downstroke and um, it's a wear part. Got to keep it greased. I did keep it greased, but it wore anyway. So there's a re- an aftermarket part where instead of it just being a chunk of steel at an angle, they've mm-hmm. replaced that angular cut of steel with a ball bearing. So now your index oh. ring comes down on a ball bearing. So it's not going to wear because the ball bearing is, is turning as the index ring hits it. And um, it also makes the press a lot smoother. I had the upgrade kit upgrade bearing kit for my shell plate which included a low mass detent ball and a low power spring that didn't work anymore the shell plate would actually snap backwards it wouldn't lock in a place and index correctly um so i went back to the low or I, I just took out the spring and put dylan's spring back in kept the low mass ball and that uh locked everything up, up accordingly like it was supposed okay. to so that took some doing but i got her all done um, I went shooting with Captain Andy. I brought my FX9 to Nova Scotia. We went to, uh, how do I pronounce this? He never says I do it correctly, and I say I don't pronounce it on purpose, but it's Nanchucks or Nantucks or Nantucket. I don't know. It's a it's a nice indoor range in uh, Nova Scotia. We went there to sight in my FX9. So at this point, I had 170 through the through the gun. I put another loaded all seven of my 17 of my mags up. So I had them loaded to go, so that was 170, plus I had another 100 rounds. Throughout the 170, so the second 170 I put through the uh, gun, I had one failure to feed. 
the bullet somewhere didn't make it from the magazine to the feed ramp and hit the side of the feed ramp or something. That's been the only legit malfunction that I've had so far. Um, there was also in that batch of ammo, though, 50 rounds of rejected ammo that didn't go in my case gauge. So it could have been one of those rounds. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't mark the mag that, oh, these five mags have the bad rounds. I didn't bother. I just, whatever. So, and then I went to the AMA range on um, Sunday, Saturday afternoon. Actually, this was really cool. Normally I shoot there on a Sunday and then I got to drive five hours home and get home at like 1130 at night. The match, they actually put on Saturday night squad. So we got there at five. We started shooting around 5.30, and we were out the door by 7.30. It was amazing. Did you meet up with Brad to nope. do some shooting? No, okay. no don't think so. Um, <laughs> I, I think he said he wasn't a member at Nanchuk's, so. No, he's not, he, but he's a member at AMA. Right. So I don't okay. know if Brad came out to watch or not. Uh, okay. A buddy of mine did with uh, his neighbor's kid and stuff. But uh, So, um, yeah, so the match was awesome. Unfortunately, I only finished second and here's why it sucks. Cause I wanted to be the dude who said I won the first PCC Ipsic match in Atlantic Canada. Uh, unfortunately that honor goes to Derek Merriweather. He is a listener of the show and he's, a cool dude. He's watching right now. Is and, and a better shooter. Yep. And, and apparently a better, a better shooter. shooter. Here's the thing though, Adriel. Hey Derek. Uh, oh, are you going to play what if? Uh, here, yes, I am going to play what if. <laughs> if. If you go to practice right now and you look at his time, you look at my time, he was, for the entire match, 5.98 seconds faster than me, okay? But on one long course of fire, he beat me by seven seconds just on that long course of fire. On that long course of fire, the problem I had was, and they, they may have actually shot it smarter. We shot it one way, they shot it the other way. We circumvented a shooting position by shooting through a hole in a wall that was they forgot to cover. But the master director was like, all right, sniper boy, if you think you can do it, do it. Well, next thing you know, Captain Andy's doing it with his pistol. So it wasn't really all that hurt. But we started on the left, they started on the right. That may or may not have been the problem. But for sure, what was definitely the problem was I had two failures to feed. So I did a mag change, put the mag in, didn't seat the mag correctly. So you shoulder the rifle, take a side picture, bang, click. Oh, crap. You got to take the gun off your shoulder, tap the mag, rack the charging handle, come back up, bang, finish your sequence, run down range to another shooting array, perform another mag change, do the same thing. Don't seat the mag properly. Side pitcher, bang, click, oh, tap, rack, bang. Cost me, I don't know. He beat me on that stage by seven seconds. So on that one stage, he beat me by seven seconds, but over the entire match, he only beat me by 5.98 seconds. He also, in fairness, had... Um, more points than me, but I think I had more alphas. But what didn't happen was the PCC shooters at this match did not beat the best open shooters or the best. Yeah, production that kind of surprised shooters. me when I saw that. Mm. Well, we got some strong open shooters and strong production shooters. Like that one production guy, Fernando, he's an Android. I mean, that's just a fact. Everyone knows that. Like he doesn't even speak proper English. Could be because he's from Quebec, but I think it's because he's an Android. I'm not a scientist. French Android. <laughs> a French fast shooting Android, like he's yeah. a machine. So uh, aren't all of them fast and Androids from Quebec though? You got no. ATM, right? Well, ATN would be um, more like the million dollar man. They had to rebuild him after he blew himself up with that uh, DA fifty. Oh, yeah. Right. So uh what else we got going on and then i got home and i decided to clean all of my ipsic pistols and my fx9 i found a worn part my fx9 so i put in a um i put in a warranty request with uh free ordinance and then they pass that along on to wolverine and i think they get back to me on that so i also emailed wolverine pictures of the worn part uh, the firing pin retaining pin 
is all peened. So when the firing pin is getting struck by the hammer, it looks like it's going forward and peening the crap out of this pin. So hmm. I'd, like, I'd like a new pin, please. Is that the pin or the firing pin? Because maybe the firing pin wasn't cut correctly and it's going too far forward. Well, the pin that... So your firing pin in the FX9 bolt is uh, spring-loaded. So you push it in, you compress the spring, and then you insert the firing pin spring. Mm-hmm. Or the, sorry, the firing pin retaining pin. Yep. Okay. So whenever the firing pin is... The firing pin is striking the retaining pin, either on the way forward or on the way back. I'm not sure. I'd have to look at it and see. I mean, it's in between. It's probably on the way back. I'll send you some pictures of how how the parts fit together. Yeah. So on the way back, it's going to get hit every, every time, no matter what. And that's, that shouldn't have as much force. It should have more force on the way. Ah, right. It should have more force when the hammer hits it. than when the firing pin spring returns the firing pin. Yeah. Cause you'd expect that it would hit it every time, regardless if it did that. It's always going to return and hit that like your your it's firing pin like coming right? back. Yeah, it's always yeah. a stop on there. Yeah, yep. So yeah. it's probably on the way back. So maybe that pin is just too soft. I don't know, or maybe it's design. I, I don't know. Anyway, it's all peened. So we're going to wait and see what Freedom Ordnance and Wolverine have to say about it. And cool. I checked with two other owners, and they have the same damage. Yeah. So I mean, damage. The gun works. Oh. This thing is pin peened, but whatever. Oh, um, bad enough where you're like, eh, it just looks a little bit damaged or bad enough where you're like, that's going to break after a while. Oh, yeah, I, I think it will. I think it's only mm-hmm. going to take so many, you know, so I'd like to, I'd like to, you know, have a fresh one maybe for matches and keep the other one in during practice. Yeah. It's kind of silly yeah. to have to do that, but I don't want to have it break during a match mm-hmm. uh, and maybe unnecessary. So we'll see what they say. Um, so I also cleaned all of my IPSC pistols, um, and I cleaned the barrels, which is something I've not done to some of them probably ever. So ballistol is great if you leave it soaked for a couple of days at deletting a barrel. Like really? Uh, oh yeah. Yep. Spray the barrel, ballistol, leave it sit. And then even before you brush it, you can put a patch through it and pieces of lead will come out of your rifling. Really? Yeah. Mm. You'll ah, see the lead on the patch. Yep. Hmm. Pro tip. So I did that. And then I getting also, lead out of a barrel is a pain in the butt. That's a terrible job. Dude, I was, I was taking pictures for other Trevor and saying, look at these patches. Mm-hmm. And there was lead right on the patches. So love it. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to try other it. Tre- um, yeah. You guys call him better Trevor, but technically it's other Trevor. He's so, nicer. Yeah. He is nicer. You know, in that. fairness, like name three people that aren't nicer than me. Go. That are nicer. Aren't. Aren't nicer. See? Well, I'd, be, I'd be very mean to 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 say that about them on air. <laughs> I don't um, know. I'm trying hard. Sorry. Brass processing. You can oh, shut up. <laughs> brass brass processing continued. Uh, more nine millimeter. More two two three. More three oh eight. My three oh eight. I'm uh, uniforming primer pockets and lightly neck turning and deburring flash holes. Um, and then I've loaded, I loaded up, I found, I bought a pound, pound of powder in Nova Scotia, eight three three five. Can I ask, yes. are you loading it with the right powder this time? Oh, you jerk. Nice. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> sorry. Not <I'm> sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so that I, I bought a pound of the correct powder. In, um, That's good. It wasn't even the powder I screwed up last time. That was Tight Group and 231. 231, yeah. So this was uh, H335. Uh, I had uh, some bullets left over from a couple of thousand that I had loaded. So I loaded up 150, finished them off. And then 
years ago, I had loaded some VMAX, 55 grain VMAX in 223 for my XCR. And I loaded them with a recipe I got from Bolivar, 24 grains of H335, which is a good planking uh, recipe. It was a good three gun recipe. Wasn't super snotty. Like I don't even think it was in the 3000 feet per second range. So I found a published recipe in a spear manual. It's the only manual I could find this published data in uh, for 26 grains. So I didn't want to go rogue and up it until I found it somewhere. So I found a 26 grain recipe. So all the ammo I had at 24 grains, I pulled apart, reassembled with 26 grains, including these um, couple of hundred 55 grain VMAXs. So now they're loaded up for my SLR. So I'll site my SLR in with these and then just shoot whatever else through it and yeah. aim off or whatever. But if I need to go hunting with my SLR, this will be the ammo that I'll grab. So, uh, and then I bought a new Dylan. Um, there's a gentleman from Nova Scotia who was shooting open and he's leaving the sport and he had a Dylan square deal B. Okay. Yeah. Well, actually it's a guy in, in New Brunswick who had a Dylan 550 that I was looking at with uh set up for three calibers. And it was a good deal. It was a good deal. I think he was asking 1200 and in the end, oh. I think he let it go for 900, which is oh. really good. Hmm. Um, so I was looking at that, but then when this square deal came up, the square deal you got your 550 and your 650. And basically, there's two major differences between the 550 and the 650. Uh, the biggest difference is the 650 auto indexes. The shell plate rotates for you. The 550 does everything the 650 does, but you have to manually uh, index the shell plate. They're both considered progressive presses, like a step above a turret. They both will do rifle as well. The 650 is set up out the box and, and expected that you're going to use a um, case feeder. The 550 is not necessarily set up for a case feeder, but you can modify it or you can you can add a case feeder to it. Very few people bother. It takes a while to get it set up to work correctly, but it can be done. The square deal is like the 650 in that it auto indexes, but it's like the 550 in that no case feeder. So... Um, you have to manually put a bullet on and manually put a case on, but it on the way auto indexes. Another drawback, if you see it this way, is it only does pistol and it uses its own proprietary uh, dies. Dies, yeah. They're like these little weird uh, yeah. little ones, but it's really compact. Like if it's you look really at the whole press, it's like pff, tiny. Tiny press, super smooth, super reliable. A pain in the butt about the 650 is every time you turn the handle, or crank the handle, it'll spit out a primer. There's nothing you do about that. Um, that's not true. There is a yeah, there's a hack where you can put a piece of wire and hook the arm over, and it will hold the arm back, and it won't spit out new primers. But that's like a hack job. There's like some guy literally selling you bent pieces of wire on eBay, calling them press upgrades. Like it's ridiculous. Hmm. Any any twit with a pair of needle nose pliers can bend a coat hanger and make this hack. Anyway, the five fifth the square deal doesn't do that. Square deal will not spit out a primer until it's time to seat the primer. So that to me is a huge advantage. So yeah, small, compact, inexpensive. Yeah, brand new. I think it's five hundred bucks. Um, you can put a strong mount on it. You can put a bullet tray on it, and it's got a tray that'll catch your finished rounds of ammunition. This press is still in the box. He told me he only loaded four thousand rounds on it. Captain Andy looked it over. He went to pick it up for me last night. I got it for three seventy-five. Nice. Boom. Seriously. Yeah. 
great Seriously. little presses and and you can set it up it'll be your permanent nine millimeter press you got 40 it. Cal or whatever right yeah it's it com it's coming set up for nine and that's all that's it that's my nine millimeter press because i load a lot of nine because now that's primarily the caliber i shoot in competition whether it be pcc or classic so rather than tearing apart my 650 all the time eh, I also, yeah mm -hmm. So, like, to buy a caliber conversion kit for the 650 with the quick tool, uh, with the quick change tool head, right now is almost 500 bucks. So, I got a whole press with a caliber ready to go for 375. Like, win, 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 mm -hmm. win. Yeah. So, uh, that being said, I did buy a 45 ACP. It's actually the one that I used to own. I sold it to Dave. I'm buying it back for from Dave. And I was going to, I'll sell off my caliber conversion kit for the 650 for nine i'll sell off my dylan dies for nine and i was going to buy a 308 caliber conversion kit but the 308 caliber conversion kit and the 45 are almost identical it's the same tray that slides the brass from the case feeder onto the shell plate it's the same shell plate it's the same locator buttons all i need is a piece of plastic at the top and maybe um it's it's yeah i just literally need like one piece of plastic mm -hmm. to hook up to the case feeder to dump those 308 cases in because now that i've got three semi-automatics in 308 i'm going to be processing a lot of brass through my rcbs small base x die and the best way to do that's on the dylan so that 45 caliber conversion kit will double as a 308 caliber conversion kit so that's it how's about you adriel what did you, what load did you do? say you're running with that H? Was it a three three two or three three five that you're running? H three three five. I upped it from twenty four grains to twenty six. Yeah. yeah, not finding it in there, right? No, it, it was in there. Oh, yeah. was it? Which yeah. manual? Lee. Lee. Yeah. It was in the Lee, and was yeah. that the max? Uh, I was just I was just looking at the twenty three. Uh, sorry, okay. the fifty three grain bullets, and there was yeah yeah that was the max. Okay, because this is fifty five, so it would be a little less than fifty three. Yeah. Yeah, cool stuff. Yeah, well, if you have a time later, uh, take a picture of that page for me, please. Yeah, just to remind right. me. Uh, let's see. This week, uh, last weekend, I went on a bit of a tear. It was. Yeah. We we have had the like the worst weather here in years. It's it, been stupid cold, eh? Stupid, January, stupid January cold. February, like I will go out to the range in minus fifteen, and it, I just there hasn't been a weekend. There hasn't no, been a weekend where it's been, like, been minus fifteen for uh months? december maybe haven't, yeah. haven't you routinely been getting colder than minus 30 yeah yeah with uh with wind chill this weekend's gonna be the same thing today it's a gorgeous minus 10 outside <laughs> shorts and t-shirt weather but oh, by the dude. weekend it's gonna be minus 20 again with wind chill minus 30 i'm going shooting on saturday with filthy and larry and the guys and mini me and they're calling for minus one. Oh. Oh, yeah, I'd be out there in sandals and, uh, yeah, I'd be out there. Shorts and a t-shirt. No such, no such, yep. Um, so yeah. I I was housebound on the weekend and uh, instead I wrote uh, an article and did like five videos. Did a video yeah. on like a whole bunch of stuff. I, I watched them all. They were really, really good videos. They're, They're quick. Great. Had my boys help with the with the videography and yeah. Uh, yeah. You yeah. did a good job. Cranked them out. Uh, let's see here. My SK standard showed up. So this let's is... Ooh, there's one box. There's many more like it. I got 2,000 rounds of it. Oh, okay. I was going to ask. <laughs> How many did you get? Just the one box? 2,000 no. rounds. 2,000? Yeah. yeah. So that's the one that you're going to be using for this CRPS, right? Oh, maybe. I don't know. Like, uh, So I this is definitely the best shooting stuff in my 522. And if, if, I, if I get to doing some precision stuff, if I want to go to shoot a silhouette match, 
heck yeah. Okay. 522 and some SK standard. That's the way to roll. Um, but I might try some FB or sorry, F HV, HV, high velocity ammo. Yep. yep. Uh, CCI has one called a velocitor that's 1450 feet per second, which is spicy. And that, if you could get, if, if you get decent accuracy out of that thing, that's a lot less uh, drop to uh, to account for. So you might right. be able to go further out with less adjustment uh, or just go further out, right? Right. So I was thinking about you, that. Yeah. You're going to go test it? <laughs> I just need some beautiful weather. And, and you just I would. need yeah. minus 10 as opposed to minus 30. Yeah, because I want to, like, I want to ideally. Um, so uh, that that got me along the train of like, oh, maybe I should just do like a, a gigantic 22 accuracy test. With like some common stuff and a whole bunch of other stuff. So that's what I'm going to do is a okay. gigantic 22 LR ammo accuracy test. I was hoping to do it last weekend. It was too cold. I took my pictures for Instagram and everything with my ammo tin full of like 16 different kinds of 22 ammo. Can't go. Um, but that was actually a good thing because Tommy, Mr. Uzi, uh, he saw that post. And he's like, oh, I got a whole bunch of different stuff that you can try. So now yeah. he's going to. Uh, load me up. He said it's because he um, he prefers me as the host, as as, as one of the hosts for Sam Fire. That's, that's of the... course, yeah. No, I believe it. Yeah, <laughs> you're Tommy's favorite. Yeah, I would believe Tom... that as well. Yeah, that's why Tommy was just telling me what kind of scotch do you like because I'm going to bring you a bottle of the cherry shoot. Yeah, that's uh, my favorite. Shoot? That's awesome. <laughs> he offered me I some beer, but uh, I'm not drinking this year, so I didn't. So I up on it. He's providing you with some ammo, right? Yeah, not guns. No, I've got I've got three guns sitting right next to me that I wouldn't okay. mind testing out, and I got another one that I wouldn't mind testing out. Uh, so I'm all I'm all good with guns. I've actually, um, my buddy Will, he got a Ruger Precision Rimfire, so nice I wouldn't rifle. mind testing the rim the Ruger Precision Rimfire, the 522, and maybe the Marlin 795 on some of this stuff. But it yeah, depends on how much that. time I got because as I stand right now. I've got about a thousand rounds I have to go through right. just just for the accuracy testing I'm talking about. And this right. like whatever Tommy's got plus whatever else I find in the meantime is just going to add to it. So I'll probably be I'll probably be somewhere around like fifteen hundred to, to two thousand rounds uh, that I'll need to go through. Um, so what, are, what do you have set up right now for the CRPS match? Well, let me pull some stuff out. Um, okay. <laughs> Make it guns, please. Yeah, yeah. Here. OK, so this is this is what I'm going to run. Oh, that's um, a nice slam fire patch, by the way. Oh, I should nail some out to you guys, hey? Wow, man. Where'd you get that? <laughs> I, whole, I didn't even know we had those until Captain Andy you was know, bragging. Trevor, do you know <laughs> yeah. that people who listen to the show have this and we don't have these yet? We hey, care you know about what, a patreon so much. Yeah. We got new shotguns coming, so. That's true. Boom. True no matter. No, yeah. And when I'll I get it, I'm going to stick my patch hey, on it. What do you mean we're not Patreonies? <laughs> yeah, I'm a Patreon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, Man, so uh, I'll, everybody, I'll send you guys some sticks. Um, what did I do? Okay, so this base here uh, is a zero MOA base that I modified. What I did was okay. um, I cut some material off the front to get it to sit a little bit lower than the back. Did you short sheet it? Huh? Short sheet it. You What's know, cut short from sheet? the back and move to the front. I made the I made the, yeah, the dovetail it. part there sit lower. Yeah, so I, yeah. I I got in there with a file and some calipers, and I worked as a machinist for like a year, so I I, I can do a little bit, and uh, I modified. It was actually kind of a pain in the butt because this is like a, a rounded receiver here, so there's only so much down you can get before you start cutting into the top of this thing. Anyways, 
I got 30 MOA on this thing now. And Sweet. that should get me way out because this has got, there's 30, there's 40 uh, on the adjustment. And then there's another 20 on the reticle. So I should be able to get pretty far out. What um, is that on there? The scope is a Cytron 6 to 24. Okay. Yeah. Cytron. Never heard of her. Mm. Great scope. I love this. It's an expensive scope, but. Uh, yeah. I'm, you're not. Yeah. 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 So you have a Nork. A $200 rifle. <laughs> With a twelve hundred dollar scope on top, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but that's 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 living proper. That's how you're uh, supposed to do it. Yeah. Oh, Adriel, I love you. Yeah. You know that. And then, okay, so then I put a, a ten dollar uh, cheek rest on it. So I need a cheek rest because you take a look at the base and the rings, and like I'm I'm pretty far up off the uh, off the rail now. So I needed a cheek rest. I popped this guy on here. I did a little video. Works of right. Sticking it on there. Yeah. Yeah, I've got I've got a good. Uh, this is actually an adjustable cheek rest, so you can crack it open, change the amount of foam that's in the back there, and uh, and kind of get her on and get her all laced up. So yeah. Okay. If people are wanting to know about uh, cheek rests, we mm. on Maple Seed, I believe that we have uh, some videos on it as well. Awesome. Not, I'll, yeah. I'll bring it up. Uh, yeah. So Kydex. Oh yeah, my buddy's getting into Kydex, them. so I might make a, an, a one of those adjustable Kydex risers kind of a thing. But I need, yeah. I just wanted like ten dollars from eBay. This is easy. You don't want to, yeah, you don't want to ruin that stock at all. I will ruin that stock. I don't give. I don't give <laughs> any, any care was, about a North stock. <laughs> I was kidding. That's okay. the best Chinesium wood there is. It's yeah. a nice rifle. It's though. better than a lot of the Chinesium wood, but yeah, uh, that's still okay. Chinesium wood. Still Chinesium. And then so I set up, set. I set up this rifle. I don't know if. If if my son's gonna get into it, but maybe uh, I set this one up for him. So this is uh, uh, Marlin seven ninety five with a cheek rest on it as well. And I swap my other rings to this guy so that this one now also has some cant to it. Oh, and I took the tights off. I was gonna say, is that some kind of heavy barrel? But I see you drifted off the rear sight. Was there a front sight? Yep, there was. Not anymore. Looks great. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, it's just a Marlin seven ninety five. This is the Cabela's Covenant. Four to sixteen. Four to sixteen. Uh, Cabela's had these on sale for one ninety nine. No way. And they've got like a Christmas tree reticle in there. Decent, like nicely click up clicky uh, turrets on it. So uh, yeah, I had it's to. Perfect. Yep. It's perfect for him. Yep. And then I think I'm just gonna review this one and then and then just kind of have it handy. But I got this Scorpio all scoped up and sight removed and everything they had this crazy thing going on with the the rear sight it looks like so much work like so, so you, you saw last time i had i was showing you guys the rear sight yeah. i actually saw it was underneath it and it's uh that's this like crazy um uh machined in sight bridge kind of thing that they got Ooh. there yeah it must that's be something that they do with their olympic rifles or, so, or something else because there's no reason I can't. I can't think of a reason why they do that just for fun because it looks like a lot of work. It does. It looks like a lot of effort for a twenty-two barrel. Yeah, for a cheap twenty-two barrel. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Freedom Ventures popped some stuff in the mail for me. I've got uh, a couple patch guns for uh, Three Gun Club coming. Uh, sights for my GSG nineteen eleven twenty-two and sights for my Nork NP twenty-nine. Just the front sight. So that should be fun. Um, if it's like super cold this weekend, instead of like sticking it out and trying to go through a thousand rounds and if <laughs> accuracy test a thousand rounds, I'm going to take my shadow and go to pistol league night at uh, Phoenix. Uh, 
MIBCL 102 still isn't running. Serious? Still, uh, still not running. Uh, they haven't Did replied you... to any of my emails since December. Okay. Uh, For the love of God. Bolt was supposed to be in the mail in December. Didn't get here. Get a telephone number? Uh, maybe I'll call him. Yeah. Yeah. Send me something. Yeah. I probably still not working. Still just sitting in my safe. Did you get? I thought you gave up on them and ordered a bolt from somebody else. No, I was, I was going to get an. I, I need an ejector spring. I need an ejector and an ejector spring, and this thing's going to be fine. Right. But try finding someone in Canada that, that has just the ejector spring. Now, after, after talking to Mark, um, I, I was thinking like, oh, I got to talk to this guy about an ejector spring. So if he has a bunch yeah. of AR-15 parts, maybe he's got AR-10. Arms East. Arms East carrying AR-10 parts. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's such a small part. I've, I was kind of hoping to do like a combo deal and like buy from someone and buy a couple of other What's the warranty on this gun? Lifetime. Yeah. Lifetime, lifetime warranty. Yeah. And they can't email you back since December? Mm. Yeah. Can't, you know what? A tiger can't change its stripes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, right. yeah. So uh, still waiting to do some stuff on that. And it'd be nice if I could do something with the gun I bought in November. But, what did uh, Shakespeare say? A rose by any other name would still smell like shit? Mm. I think that but was I think quote. Something like that. No? I'm pretty sure that was it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's, uh, that's what's up with me. Cool. Mine's very short compared to Trevor's. Uh, I hear that a lot. <laughs> Especially from women. Yeah. <laughs> calendar. Make sure you register your calendar because tomorrow is a new month and there's going to be well, a new good, did me. Hey, there's 12 more months. 12 more? Yeah. Wow, what a long uh, year. There's 10 more. <laughs> well, there's 13, subtract 2, and 11 more months. Okay. 13? Yeah, because December, right? All right. There's... No, two December's in a year. There's two December's in a calendar year. There's two December's in that calendar. From Christmas. Christmas gives you an extra December. Right. So 10 more months. Whatever. Register it. There's another draw tomorrow or the next day. Whenever Tracy gets back from, well, tonight's actually a town hall. So whenever she gets back from that. Oh, she's away. Uh, So the Mark Holland one in Ajax. I'm excited about that. I want to see what the feedback. I decided to come on this show as opposed to going to a some other things because uh, I could have been in Ajax or it could have been at a baby shower. Who could blame you? I... Instead, you came here and you got a free shotgun. I know. It was right? Like yeah, it's awesome. I can't believe you had the balls to ask and I'm glad you did. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mark, uh, how about some free shotguns? And he's like, okay. <laughs> he's like, Oprah over there and you get a shotgun and you get a shotgun <laughs> and Matthew, you you're ruining the surprise. Home. This comes out later ah. in the show, Trevor. Gosh. Sorry. Right. I forgot about the magic of editing. Mm. Cut We're that open. <laughs> I'm too. No, I'm not no. doing that. I'm way too lazy to cut. Come on. All right. Well, yeah. I win the surprise. So going back to that, you guys just pretend you didn't hear that. Just register your calendar because in the next day or two, it's a new month. We're going to have, I don't know, maybe you win a shotgun. I don't know. Uh, SFRC. I went there on Saturday, picked up an AR gas tube. Uh, it's not for me. It's for Kevin. He's uh, building a new one for our known distance for maple seed. Oh, we're cool. Going be, we're going to be having those. That's the next. So, yeah. So I picked up that they had them. And also this week, nothing else. I didn't actually get to the range. Hopefully I'll do that this week because I, I'm, I'm actually going to a range. I'll get to shoot maybe. Uh, lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots lots of maple seed prep. That's it going to be really really good season we've already booked hotels we've already booked camp 
backgrounds, things. Do you guys things paperwork signed? We got paperwork signed. We have IITs that are going to be traveling with us. Uh, it's going to be a great season. Nice. Yeah, I'm very, very excited about it. So when we were talking to um, Caliber Magazine, they were saying that we're going to double last year. I'm actually predicting that that might come true. So you guys are nuts. That's so much work. Busy season. Quite honestly, it uh, our IITs are going to be. fantastic this year they were last year but a lot of them are saying already that they're going to be with us for a majority of the trips out west and out east and so that takes a lot off of our plate to thank them so if they're listening thank you all right that's it i didn't do anything else because i've been busy with that uh let's talk about upcoming events do you adriel have do you want to talk about the crps events orps orps has a oh, couple it's ORPS, mm-hmm. but okay crps yep. as well because I know that you're going to be doing one at your range too. Yeah, there's going to be okay. one of those at uh, at Chaz. Yeah, if you want to join that one, there's going to be an ORP. Uh, no, CRPS at uh, at Chaz. Yes. But ORPS has yes. two of them, and they just just opened those, and they're going to be doing right. one in Lethbridge, right, and uh, Alberta, and one in Stittsville, Ontario. Correct. And uh, I'd like to get to the Alberta one, but it's a, that's the same day as the three gun match for Chaz, so I'll probably shoot three guns. Probably not gonna be doing that then. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that you did for everybody was you posted it on our Facebook page Mm -hmm. if they want to order the package. That was awesome. See a lot of people are interested. Well like if if you want something fun to do, you could do this in your backyard. It's three hundred bucks. You could get all the pro all the steel and the props. You could have a match in your backyard if you're on an acreage or something like that and you could see how you compare nationally yep. yeah yeah that's exactly it you can compare yourself against trevor mm-hmm. right yep yeah exactly action rifle rimfire had two events but they're both like completely sold out they're, yeah that's yeah. awesome yep. okay all right why don't we move on to the news c71 senate hearings so yeah yeah how was that uh i watched you guys a couple watched of them Monday, right I watched a couple of them. I watched Dave Partnins. I watched yep. um, some of the industry ones, Wolverine Supplies, um, the CSSA, which were the ones with lots of S's in it. That's the Yeah. Yeah. That one. That one. Lots of A's. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. The industry association one. Yeah. She was sharp. Holy. She was sharp. Yeah really awesome. eloquent really like hey this is exactly the impact to the business that we're seeing um excellent testimony yeah Gary but let's Bowers. talk about that for a second sorry kelly okay sorry. the cs the cs for the listeners who don't know is like a pro-gun org but for the directly for the industry side right. you have to be involved in business you have to own a gun shop or be a distributor something like that to be a member of the cs and you can rest assured that the government listens to them because they are the ones that can talk specifically about the financial impact and the impact on the economy. When they start cutting jo- guns, you start cutting jobs and you mm-hmm. start cutting jobs, you start ca- cutting taxes or tax revenue. So uh, it was awesome, Adriel, to hear that their spokesman was um, on the ball. Oh yeah. 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 She was on the ball. 
uh, they had Gary Mauser, a bunch of other guys yeah. come out there. Yeah, yeah. What did all... Gary Mauser do with a picture of a moose that's turning <laughs> oh. into like the best meme ever? He, he held up a picture of a moose and he said, "There is more people killed by moose la- moose last year than there were by licensed gun owners." Gun owners, and he said, "And the moose is not licensed." <laughs> it was awesome. Oh, I love and that man. The other piece that was quite cool was the fact that he didn't have his hearing on so he couldn't hear what people were saying so he was just they'd ask him a question he's going i didn't hear what they said (laughs) it was awesome so he had his facts and his facts were he was articulate he is somebody who is a professor he is able to spiel off this stuff and uh it was quite good but he held up this picture of a moose saying that this Moose killed more people last year than licensed gun armor gun owners, and this this moose isn't licensed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Cool. That's good. It reminds me of when somebody said recently that the uh, government's atar- attacking the gun lobby, but they fail to uh, or ne- they neglect to remember. They're failing to remember or mention that uh, they licensed that gun lobby, the gun lobby that they're picking on. Yep. They deem to be some of the most law-abiding citizens in the land. So they don't all pick on us. Get by their filters, right? Yeah. Don't don't criticize the gun lobby. You approved us. You licensed us. You created us. Yep. yep. All right. So we're gonna uh, any anything else with respect to C seventy one Senate hearings? There's going to be more, by the way. But are you I don't here? I don't know that the C seventy one is going to get it. Like maybe it's not going to get anywhere. Maybe well, like we were worried about uh, uh, some additional legislation that might be coming down the road here because uh, uh, distracted. Yeah. Distracted. Yeah. May, could, like two, two ways this could, this could go about. Um, so the liberal party, I think they're screwed. They um, open, basically openly admitted to influencing uh, uh, the uh, justice. What's her name again? Uh, Jody Wilson. Um, Raybold. Raybold. Yeah. Uh, uh, trying to influence her to um, let SNC Lavalin off the hook for uh, um, doing all sorts of like Deferred crazy prosecution agreement. Yeah, is yeah, what they were after uh, uh, getting prostitutes for the Gaddafi sons uh, in, only in for thirty thousand dollars. Stop over. Stop exaggerating. Yeah, yeah, in exchange but, for for uh, uh, construction projects. So like, clearly, there's some like top no, level dude, corruption dude, going on our, here and they're like no. whoa 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 canadian jobs that's their, right. that's their excuse and that's not their excuse the prime minister said that the prime minister alluded to the fact that spending thirty thousand dollars on prostitutes was good for job creation in the economy well yeah. it is prostitutes. so like i don't like i don't care about this fact other than the fact that this sh- like should put this to bed and it should keep the uh anti-gun law like off our backs for a while well that's just it this is like a wag the dog operation the more they talk about this the less they talk about c71 you know they so are they gonna double down on the gun on the gun portfolio maybe but they'll lose in october anyways right well that yeah that's that's what the, so there's a whole bunch of things that can happen right they've already asked for trudeau's resignation but i don't think that's going to happen i think nope. that, and, th- and they're not going to no. call for his an party didn't as well sheer did and that doesn't mean sheer. squat right. when his party says you know but is it such a thing in 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 parliament at the federal level to have a no confidence vote is that a thing that exists can Absolutely. we do that yeah. really you need yeah. a majority yes oh well then the only people who could call for it would be his own party mm-hmm. Yeah. We're and, not a and political those, podcast, but we got to talk about it. 
those bootlickers tow the party line so hard that they would no one would ever. Okay. They all do. I Anywho, just was yeah. say, uh, fantastic any... news for gunners yeah. because it should like it'll either mean they lay off for a while or they double it, down and they run for it under as, as a platform promise in October and they get absolutely. whomped anyways because of this uh, uh, this year. It was a mess last night for the liberals. But uh, and, fantastic and, news for us because right. they've like they've been going down this path of of uh, uh, getting testimony from people to prove like to prove their point. And I don't think it was it was going to be a uh, uh, legitimate data gathering uh, kind of a activity. They were just looking to get enough uh, uh, proof to put the laws in that they've wanted to. And they've run in the past on uh, handgun bans and all semi-auto bans like federally. And uh, I'm glad to see to get them get their butt kicked because it means that they'll be off our backs for a while. Yep. The doctors are pooping their pants right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I Hope so. But so I, I know we're not a political show, but you know what? Yeah. You can't, you can't separate the two. And I know our listeners are interested in this topic. So question. Okay. The liberals did not have to let her speak. They could have maintained their client privilege confidentiality because she was the government's right. lawyer. They literally right. signed a waiver to let her speak about yep. this. Why? If because pe- people knew because what, people knew exactly what happened. Yeah, and she just said what what everyone would, knew happened, right? There is pressure there, and people were resigning anyway. So because of the One people resigning, well, but right. So there there was pressure. There was pressure on the prime minister, and he has always had that platform of you know, I'm going to make sure that that everything is um so kelly would you say that this was a damned if you do damned if you don't if we don't let her talk we look bad if we let her talk she tells the truth Mm -hmm. right and within half an hour she she said that she did have a meeting with oh i heard it trudeau and he actually did say something so yeah she she said in her testimony that i literally looked him right in the eye and said are you interfering politically with my job Oh, no, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. But there is an election and it is in my riding. Like, uh, he puts. Okay, Quebec it's in first. his riding. Yep. So, what about everybody in Alberta that's the that's economy's right. gone to crap? Yep. He's only concerned about Quebec about jobs, jobs because he's a Quebecer. It's in his riding. He's from Montreal. That's all he's concerned about. We've suspected that. For, there's a video that you can go look up right now of him saying that Quebecers are better than other Canadians. He has said it. It's all, it's, it, it lives in infamy on the internet forever. He's got this ugly little pinch goatee. He looks ridiculous. He looks the part of his, of his substitute drama teacher job that he should go back to. Only I don't want to subject children to this man. Uh, it's out there. It's out there. Him saying Quebecers are better than the rest of Canadians. And then here he is basically showing that he's really concerned about the jobs in Quebec and nowhere else. If he was concerned about the jobs uh, elsewhere and truly concerned about all Canadians, he would put pressure on to get a pipeline built, a pipeline that someone else was willing to pay for, but instead he wasted money on not having it built, a pipeline that would help all of Canada, but instead he's trying to help a crooked Quebec company. No, what All he's right. trying. No, we're what, good. We're good okay, for politics. No, I just, I just have to say something. <laughs> okay, go. No, ahead. what he's doing is he's trying to win votes in Quebec so that he can continue to have a majority government. That's what he's trying yeah. to do. Well, that's, that's all they ever try to do is straight up continue to be reelected. But mm. anyway, okay, let's move on to new gun stuff. We're good, right? <laughs> we don't want to talk about it. You're let's leading the way. Okay, if you say we're moving on. We're moving on. Adriel tried unsuccessfully, but. Uh... <laughs> 
Maybe you can do it. <laughs> I needed to say that one last thing. It's my prerogative. It's my show. Okay. Yep. <laughs> New good stuff. Why don't you start? If you're looking for a WK, Frontier has 20 of them coming. So sure. jump the queue. Okay. Don't wait. What do it. It's a good gun. Uh, I Run Guns is bringing in the RIA, so the Rock Island Armory FS1911, 450 bucks US. Okay. It's a uh, 1911. No. Yeah. yeah. Four, I'm not super interested in those. Now, Rock Island Armory also makes a para knockoff double stack 9mm uh, that's supposed to be an excellent three gun pistol that's very common in the US. Oh, I was listening to the three gun show. Uh, and they had Hayes okay. Custom Guns. Hayes Custom Guns. Uh, they have two guns that they'll make. They have a 2011 based one, and they have an Arms Corps RIA based one. And that one is like an RIA that's just tweaked, and that's like their base, inexpensive way to get a uh, a race gun for three gunning, right? And uh, comes with the magwell, a couple of other things, right? So interesting. I actually asked them on CGN, I'm like, hey, you gonna bring in the uh, what's their other one hsts or something like that i'm not going to buy one myself but interesting anyways okay what about the next one they are also bringing in the hunters as well yeah the rfb hunters for 12.99 us so those have been quite a bit more expensive in the past i seem to remember the rfbs being right around 2500 trevor can you correct me on that that's not right uh i thought they used to be like a lot more expensive they're bringing them in for 12.99 us no because they're about 15 canadian you're thinking of the R, uh, the two twenty three version, which Damn. is the what's the other one? Something else, not the RFB. This is different. This is the forward ejecting one. The RDB is the one you're thinking of. The RDB is the two twenty three one that ejects downwards. Yeah. This one out is the front. No, I'm yeah. thinking about the one. Uh, yeah, the three hundred eight came out the front. Yeah, the two two three came out out the back like KSG. Yeah, two two three drops them into your front pocket. This one, they go scooching out the, the front. Anyways. No, you know what, dude? You lost me at Caltech. So when you asked me about price differences, I was just making stuff up. So okay. they dropped it a thousand bucks. They're like, getting cheaper. Yeah. Well, why are they dropping it at by half price? Well, they're facing a lot of competition. Like uh, MDR is going to get their stuff mm-hmm. sorted out here and start getting their stuff out uh, soon. So still, they'll face more competition. Yeah. Okay. What's next? Yeah. Finally, there's a new Citron S Tac. 4 to 20 with zero stop and illumination. Mine's one of the older versions. No zero mm-hmm. stop on mine. No illumination either. But coming. Coming. Why don't we go on to the main topic? Um, joining us this week for our main topic, we have Mark and maybe a few others. But for now, Mark from Trigger Wholesale Sports. Mark, welcome to Slamfire Radio. Hey, guys. Thanks uh, very much for having me on the show. It's It really is our pleasure. So, Mark, you and I uh, kind of hooked up through Instagram and uh, and set this thing up after uh, you guys were gracious enough to send some 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 swag my way from Trigger Wholesale Sports, which was uh, greatly appreciated. And uh, we decided we'd get together and, and let the listeners know all about Trigger Wholesale Sports. You're very active. Uh, it's big business. You support a lot of dealers. Uh, but, um, you know, for the listeners out there who maybe aren't fully aware of the extent of Trigger Wholesale Sports, why don't you bring everyone up to date on the who, what, when, where about Trigger Wholesale Sports? So maybe, you know, when did you guys get started and what is it that you do over there? Well, you know, it has been a very, very lengthy time in the, uh, in the firearms industry. Uh, Trigger Wholesale just celebrated its 10th anniversary in January. 
Nice. So uh, the running joke uh, in my family was that I was retiring into the gun business. And I can honestly tell you, I've never had to work harder than <laughs> what, what's uh, <laughs> transpired over the last 10 years. But in those 10 years, we went from really a, a nobody in the industry. We weren't uh, all of us or most of us who, who work here on the executive team. We were all former cell, cellular guys actually working at Research in Motion here in Waterloo, Ontario. So we took the principles of distribution that we learned uh, at that company and brought it over here. And the unique tie over uh, was that one of RIM's Sprint partners was actually one of the world's largest transshippers of firearms with interarms. And uh, myself and Phil Searles, who's vice president of the, the company here, would go to the Consumer Electronics Show on behalf of Research in Motion. And as that show was ending, the shot show was always starting. So, so we you found just ourselves. Yeah, so we, <laughs> we ended up finding ourselves at a dinner table with uh, the owner of Colt USA and some guys from uh, Bursa Eagle Imports and a variety of other companies. And as BlackBerry was kind of coming down, uh, we ended up saying, you know, who's doing this in Canada for you? And the response was, you've made us money in the cell phone industry, so the crossover should be simple. But Canada was somewhat of an afterthought for them. So it took uh, about two years and 200 grand to get all the licenses that we have. Is that and all? Yeah, yeah, nothing uh, too strange Peanuts. about that. No. And by the time we got the licenses, we trickled into distribution. And we've never owned or operated any retail space. We're always, we've always been a pure distributor. But um, uh, as we, you know, you start a business and you think, oh, you know what, maybe I'll approach Ruger, maybe I'll approach one of these brands and you go and speak to them and then you realize there's no way we can afford these minimums. <laughs> you yeah, well, know, yeah, if you want to get yeah. uh, 20,000, 1022s, they wanted to, uh, us to buy 6,000 Ruger handguns. So we were immediately knocked out of that market and taken down a couple of pegs. So mm-hmm. for us, what's been the interesting climb over the last 10 years is we realized that we had to start with maybe brands that were lesser known and create a brand story and evangelize it. And the funny thing is, 10 years later, we're going through our booking season right now. Everybody in the industry is coming to us saying, I know what Remington's doing. I know what Mossberg is doing. What do you have? Because I know you always bring the new products to the market. So what started off as maybe a negative, uh, you know, having a brand that you have to really push into the stores hard is now a positive in the sense that people look at us as an innovative company. And over the 10 years, you know, I can remember years of wanting just to do a million dollars in sales. Now we're in the tens of millions uh, and supporting over a thousand retail stores. Amazing. So it's, uh, it's come a long way. And we recently came off the CSAAA uh, shows in Ottawa and Calgary. And the interesting part for us was, you know, the feedback. We have a shot show quality trade show booth that we brought to these events. And the people who have been coming to these events year after year after year I've seen us grow from a table and a tablecloth to now, you know, $150,000 booth uh, displaying more firearms than the entire rest of the show. So we took some other principles from, you know, the cell phone industry where you're fighting for inches and we've started to deploy these strategies into the independent dealer and retail space in Canada with standees and fighting for mindshare and advanced training and things like that. So it's really resonated with the market and, kind of change the way things are being done so that it kind of gives you a, a just about trigger wholesale and 
you know, where we sit today, you know, a slightly difficult market with the current uh, government in Canada not being exactly pro-firearm. We're at a at kind of the entry stages of building what we feel will be one of the most advanced facilities in not only Canada, but in the world. Uh, we're putting up 50,000 square feet of warehousing that will also hold a multi-lane 100-yard indoor range, a one-kilometer long outdoor range, and one of the most advanced trap pitches in the world. Yeah. And that's just outside the city limits of Waterloo, Ontario. So, <laughs> oh, nearly. No, no commitment there. I've got a multi-million dollar construction bill that I have to swallow over the, over the next couple of years. Wow. Any pushback from the community on that? Um, you know, we, we've got three facilities in town and they are not well marked. And I would say that we quietly exist here. Yeah. You know, um, that said, we have the attention of the city in the early days. I actually believe it or not got kicked out of Waterloo because what most people may not know, because it wasn't super publicized was that, uh, Waterloo, Ontario had the Ontario glove, uh, shooting incident years before I was in the firearms industry. So they were absolutely not pro-gun. And the funny tie-in to Research in Motion, as Research in Motion started to fail and vacate buildings, they welcomed us back with open arms because they needed to fill that void. (laughs) Since then, you know, it took a multi-billion dollar failure to (laughs) get us back into town. But since then, you know, Kitchener was very pro-gun because they had Colt Canada and Demaco. So, you know, when Waterloo kicked me out in four hours, I had permits from the city. And then, you know, as we kind of advanced our business, we got invited back to Waterloo and uh, some of the representation of the city actually helped us find the existing building that we're officed in today. So it's actually been fairly easy. The CFO's office has been very cooperative. We're very tied into the RCMP organization and even Global Affairs Canada. So uh, we have some of the MPs coming here in just a few weeks. So from that perspective, they've been very happy Um, because we don't sell retail. Uh, you know, we are a little bit out of the public eye. So, so I imagine um, your main facility is uh, just from the outside. It doesn't scream we're we're a firearms wholesaler. It just looks like a regular, nondescript, low key warehouse type building. Yes, it it is. There's there's actually no signage. Uh, yeah. You know, some of the advanced fences and things like that, and the uh, wide range of cameras may tip somebody off that something's in the building. Yeah, but uh, we have one of the fastest alarm response times in the entire city, uh, under three minutes. No, oh, wow. the security nice. system here is incredibly advanced. Yeah, oh, I was at uh, North Silva once, and you don't know you're going to North Silva until you step inside. Yes, yeah, and that's you the know. way they prefer it. It's somewhat discreet. And, Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and the new facility boasts even more advanced technology with vibration sensors in the ground, twenty-four hour guard service. And, you know, just because the amount of firearms that we're keeping is going up and up and up uh, at this point today, there's probably 35,000 firearms back there, Um, but they're constantly cycling through. And that's, it's pretty constant about Mm -hmm. every 30 to 35 days. Hmm. So let's talk a little bit about some of the product lines that make up that 35,000. The listeners can go to your website and they may be confused at first by seeing MSRP prices, but now they'll understand, oh, I get it. Okay. They're not selling retail off their website. Um, And the product lines that you carry are there. But in in the meantime, let's talk about some of them. What are some of the, um, the brands that you're carrying that nobody else is carrying, let's say? 
Well, you know, uh, from Turkey, some of the the premier uh, products that we would have are going to be the F12 Typhoon, uh, which you're familiar with. And it's very popular on the global competition scene. Uh, We have bullpups like the FD12 and the Ranger bullpups, which were some of the first. They're actually they are the first two Turkish bullpups approved for commercial resale in Canada. And, you know, those are the types of products where, you know, we control the entire brand messaging and brand story. And it's great for the retailer. It's great for the consumer. Uh, but then we have for, um, oh, sorry. For, for some of the F12 owners, uh, just because this is probably not the 100th time you've heard it, probably the 99th time you've heard it. Are you bringing any AS46 mags in? <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> Boy, nobody's <laughs> asked me that today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a unique thing. Uh, the AS46 um, pump action, spring-assisted pump action shotgun sold very, very well in Canada. Uh, you know, several thousand pieces. Yep, the AS46 magazines are, you know, I would liken them to a LAR-15 pistol magazine for, for the ARs. Yep. Uh, the magazine sales grossly outsell the the firearm. That's strange. That's yeah. such a, like a lot of mags each. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, it's a weird phenomenon. I, the, I, I, the vast number of people posting images and uh, things like that has garnered the attention. We noticed at the CSAAA events uh, that... The RCMP FRT lab was out, uh, Global Affairs Canada, and even some of the uh, N-West and, uh, and East team who tracks all of the firearms in Canada and major incidents. We had a conversation about it, and I am seeking a written authorization to continue to sell those magazines. Right now, it is definitely not a no. Okay. So that, that, that's a positive. Um, you know, they, uh, they're merely going and because we have a, a very large volume of them. And I said, you know, the, what would you like me to do? I said, I would feel more comfortable if you gave me a written authorization to make sure that nobody's going to have a problem with these things. And, right. you know, that's what they've agreed to do. So wonderful. They agreed to do it. Cause if you look at special bulletin 72 for businesses, it's not even anywhere on their radar. They talk about, um, using a pistol magazine and a rifle. But shotgun never comes up. It, because it, it's really, this is a function of so many AR style firearms coming out of Turkey now. Yep. And a lot of the world's shotgun market is driven by Turkey. And I, you know, we travel the world. I'm leaving for Germany for EWA next week. And all of the innovation in the industry is coming out of Turkey. It's quite shocking. It is. If you watch Ipsic shotgun videos from Europe, it's all Turkish shotguns. It's it's the Mark 12 and the Typhoon. And for a while, the Typhoon was leaving the Mark 12 in the dust. You could buy the Typhoon. And it had literally hundreds of dollars of accessories extra in the case with the gun. Not only did you get an amazing shotgun with amazing features, it came with a pile of extra um, accessories. Two sets of sights are crying out loud. You know, us multiple chokes in like five, two different muzzle devices uh, just the list goes on sling just amazing um but now i see daria is coming out with uh something to try and keep up which is also kind of interesting but uh well, you know what they say innovation or imitation is the greatest form of flattery uh yeah. the the f12 is the originator of that style of firearm we actually mm-hmm. saw it at iwa in 2015 and what's exciting about the program today is in the last three weeks, we've actually converted all of the F-12s to mobile choke, 
we've advanced the foregrip and Ooh. bipod to a much more aggressive and much uh, stronger design. Uh, we've made every single one of the guns ambidextrous fire selector. Yeah. Every single gun now comes with the competition magwell. Yeah. Everyone. Every single, every wow. single one of them. So yes. through last year, we had different promotions where right. if you bought this my time, you could get yeah. the, the magwell, you could yeah. get the bad lever. Now every single gun comes with every single one of those features to make it fully ambidextrous. So my Puma just became my backup. It may have. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to tell you. I, I actually have a barrel conversion for you to bring you to mobile choke. Oh, my God. I'm and so then excited. in three weeks, I'll actually have... Uh, we have another shipment. We'll be up to 38 different colors in stock. Wow. With that and, with that barrel and the mobile choke, can you run a compensator and still have chokes? Uh, absolutely. I even Ooh, have the All the three-gun guys want and, one of those then. And an extended uh, choke wrench so you don't oh, have God. to remove the brake to change chokes. Oh, you've <laughs> got to just sell that barrel and like three or four chokes and that barrel wrench and you'll sell a pile of them to all the three gun open guys. You're changing the game. Yep. Yes. It's, I know it, that's a that's a phrase that's tossed around a lot that this is a game changer. In Canadian three gun, this is a game changer. Yep. Uh, yes, yeah. Yes, and we're only three weeks away from it. It's uh we even have in the next shipment magazine loader loading tools to help you load your magazine oh, cool. faster. Oh so I got this- a guy for that. <laughs> so is this the big announcement you were going to make at the i think the no, f- new facility no? is... the, the, okay. the new facility is our investment into the industry yeah. mm-hmm. and you know the the number of products i can tell you i have 40 different firearms in frt just in the shotgun category wow. what 40 uh i've done over 2000 in the in the 10 years i've been in the business oh wow Mark. So we, I have some stuff that will absolutely blow people's minds um, that current, uh, we, one of the things we become very, very technical at is altering the design of a firearm to comply with Canada's laws. And when I was at, in Ottawa at the CSAAA event, I'm not sure that they meant it as a compliment, but I took it as one. They said, <laughs> you have found more than anyone we've met the way to construct a firearm to absolutely meet our laws, but garner the displeasure of the people approving them, but not give them the ammunition to stop the FRT classification to non-restricted. That is probably the best compliment you've ever been paid by anyone ever. <laughs> well, it's uh, certainly paid off in, the, in sales. And, you know, being the first to get these bullpups to the market, we've sold thousands of them already. The FD12 yeah. has a very advanced kit and even comes with barrel extensions. Yep. So, uh, and barrel extensions are something we're now going to offer for the F12 platform as well. And the other exciting thing you may like on the F12 is that I have 20, 22, 24, and 26 inch barrels in stock as well. That is awesome. It just keeps making the platform more and more versatile. So that, that, and that's uh, been one of our hallmark products out of, out of Turkey. You know, we kind of own the Turkish single shot market. We're selling, you know, tens of thousands per year in Canada, you know, and then when you go to an AR brand, uh, the Armalite has done incredibly well for us. And we're just on the cusp of doing another big importation of the AR 50s and even some Surgeon and McMillan product as well. Oh, wow. Some TAC 50s. Oh, amazing. So, um, and then, you know, uh, we've got one of Canada's largest orders ever of Desert Eagle. Um, 
and the big frame revolvers and auto ordnance coming in in the approximately 10 to 15 days. And then you'll see a series of other launches for, uh, for us as well. And you know, the funny thing is you had mentioned our website. Uh, the website that you see today is actually being taken down. It's actually supposed to be down already. Oops. <laughs> and we are launching a new, much more advanced uh, website where we've had professional photographers come in. We're working with Canadian Gun Vault to do unboxing videos. So you'll no longer just have to look at the images that we put up there. You'll be able to see a video on every single product that we have that will show the unboxing and that what comes for kit contents and make it easier for the consumer. Very cool. And then yeah. dealers will have full access to live inventory and the hosting of all of their previous purchases. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Um, the Canadian Gun Vault has been a, a pretty strong supporter of yours in social media for quite some time. He is always pushing um, the the bullpup, the typhoon, like every other day. Those keep coming up in his Instagram. He's uh, he's very active. Yes, he is. And, and, and no secret there in Canada, uh, you want your products pushed out there. It's a pay-to-play environment, just like mm-hmm. advertising in one of the magazines and things like that. We have a contract for advertising with Canadian Gun Vault. Everybody in the industry is free to secure one of those themselves as well. But they've been very professional and very diligent in putting up our products and making sure they're at the forefront. Um, you know, it's just like uh, in Calgary, I saw Lowell Strauss and those guys from the NFA magazine. And you want to see a couple of guys who, the thing I love about the NFA magazine and the reviews that Al Voth and Lowell Strauss do, if they don't like my gun, they, that's exactly what they write. They'll tell you, and it doesn't matter if I buy an advertisement in the magazine, they're still going to tell you exactly what they think. Their integrity is not for sale. And that, that's mm-hmm. actually a pretty rare thing today. Mm. I can mean. always tell who's spending advertising <laughs> dollars by <laughs> who's advertising. Well, our, our podcast has been around for nearly a decade now. And um, for years, we wouldn't take on av- uh, sponsors because we always wanted to be able to say whatever we wanted to say about whatever we wanted to say. And the sponsors that we currently have on the show understand that. And they accept that. But at the same time, I, I find myself censoring at least 1% because even though they accept the fact that we claim, you know, uh, all, all, all um, creative freedom to say and do whatever we want, as soon as somebody calls them up and says, yeah, you know, Calgary Shooting Center, you sponsor Slamfire and they were totally dissing this or complaining about that. And, you know, I don't think you should be associated with that kind of show. That that's it. We could be done, right? They they we, we couldn't we, have picked we, a better guy in the industry. Uh, James Vashinsky is another man whose integrity is never for sale. Yeah, uh, he's one of the straightest guys you'll meet in this entire industry. Absolutely. So. But at the end of the day, uh, if somebody chooses not to shop there because he sponsors us, you know, we 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 maintain the right to say whatever we want. Well, he also maintains the right to sponsor whoever he wants. Yeah, so very very true. Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. To, to be honest with you, I would rather find out from, you know, a prototype firearm review that there's problems with a gun that I think is okay than before I do, you know, a million dollar import of it. Heck yeah. Right. Yeah, so, you want to find out the prototype stage, right? Yeah. So, and we've, believe it or not, the number of people in Canada, whether they're competitive shooters, dealers, who have been able to give feedback into the manufacturing sector, uh, through us and with us 
has completely changed some of the products that have come to Canada, especially on the Turkish market. So uh, it's amazing how fast those guys can turn an idea into a working product. It's uh, fascinating. Yeah, there's a neat video out there. I'm not sure if it's from Typhoon Defense or not, um, but they're they're interviewing a three-gun competitor, or at least a shotgun, Ipsic shotgun competitor, uh, about his Typhoon and the changes that were implemented to the platform based on his experiences during competition um, and how quickly they were able to rectify uh, over-magazine insertion problem that other semi-autos haven't fixed yet. And, you know, as soon as he brought it to their attention, under match conditions, this is happening. They're like, oh, yeah, well, we can fix that in a weekend. Here, here's a new lore, right? <laughs> yeah, and the Usman, who is uh, the, the head person at Typhoon Defense, which uh, the Turkish company is called Ozerbas Makina, um, he shocks us on a daily basis what he comes up with. I literally said I need a mag loader. And he said, I designed this six months ago. Uh, I need nice. a different compensator. What about one of these? I, I've already got them. And we're always so shocked at how quickly we were joking that he has a camera in our office. And that's how he's getting the advanced information <laughs> to come up with these drawings and designs and, and products. But uh, and you... luckily, we'll see all of them next week in Germany. Nice. Can you address um, a, I don't want to, if I should call it a myth or not. But in the firearms community, oftentimes people will say that um, Norinco, for example, some of their products are made in one factory and some are made in another factory. And that's why some are better than others. And a similar kind of thing that's often said is all Turkish shotguns are made in the same company and the same plant. They just put different names on them. Can you address that? Well, I have been to Turkey in the last, I'm going to say six years, probably 20 times. Jeez. Uh, we've even been invited to the weddings of some of our vendors as well. So wow. we're heavily entrenched in the market. I can tell you the, the only similarity between, say, uh, those Asian markets and the Turkish market is that if you don't know the questions to ask or the things to require in the build, uh, and it's going right down to the material used for the firing pin, whether you've got a welded barrel or a deep drill barrel, uh, the receiver materials, all of those things, you will maybe see a low price, but you may not see the quality you want. And mm -hmm. we only know this through experimentation over the years. Uh, so you have to get really, I send a, a, a purchase order to Armalite. And if there's 20 items, they can fit on one page. If I send the same order into Turkey, it could be 30 pages because I'm getting right down to the nuts and bolts, uh, the Cerakote color, making sure that it's U.S.-made Cerakote. And I can tell you, Bayashir, Konya, Uzumlu, Huglu are the main cities for firearm production in, you know, a more remote part of Turkey. Now, Konya is, uh, I think, 1.3 to 1.8 million people in the city. So it's not small. But the cities that do primarily all of the manufacturing are between five and 8,000 people. And everybody knows everybody. And some of the workforce is definitely transient where they'll jump from company to company to company as people have work. Um, right. The Turks gained expertise in the firearms industry when uh, they were actually making auto parts. So they had to be serialized often. They were within a one-thou tolerance. So they gained this machining expertise. And through the ebbs and flows of the auto industry, they needed to divest into something else. And firearms is the direction they went. Now, a lot of people would say, why don't they make 
a lot of handguns and rifles. And it's because one of the things they regulate in Turkey is the manufacturing of rifle barrels. So that's why you see a very low number of handguns and rifles coming out of Turkey. But that's opening up. And we predict in two years, what you're going to see is a massive number of rifles that, again, lead the world in price point and quality. And I've actually seen and played with many of the prototypes. Interesting. So, because I mean, you know, I I have, uh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I've got a Cincinnati on the wall, which is very much like an 870. I've got a, oh, a quote unquote Weatherby here that says Bain Turkey. And I've got my, my Typhoon. And some people would try and lead me to believe that they're all produced in the same plant. They're, they're not. Uh, if you, you know, one of the best indicators is the FRT system. Yes, of if course. If you type Istanbul Sila, S-I-L-A-H, into the FRT system, immediately you're going to see Winchester and some of those things come up. And mm-hmm. you'll see who is actually making guns for who. Uh, hey. Beretta, Benelli, Stoger, CZ, all of these companies, the TriStar, all of these things are made in, in Turkey. We actually were helping the RCMP map that list. So they knew because, uh, you know, there, there's great challenges. You bring in these new firearms. The government of Canada is very concerned with who makes them because mm-hmm. they also want a point of contact that, mm-hmm. for example, if I went out of business, they could contact somebody in Turkey if they were doing a national firearms trace on a product mm-hmm. and my records weren't available. Mm-hmm. So, we, like I said, through trial and error, uh, you know, years back, we even pushed a major brand uh, into Canada and, you know, only to find out two years later, they didn't actually manufacture a single thing. <laughs> uh, this was back in my Uzcon days. I uh, lived through that one kind of painfully in the, in the sense that, uh, you know, we had it as a household name across the country and then found out that they hadn't made anything and ended up in a fairly painful lawsuit there. You know, we eventually won. But the funny thing that came out of that was because uh, of this lawsuit, we actually found out who made all of the guns. And those are the good companies that I deal with today. Up there, uh, so it's so, so it's that some of them, some of them, uh, remanufacture rebrand, I guess, each each other's stuff. There's right. about forty manufacturers, and there's over four hundred brands. Mm. Yeah, there so, you go. So, and yeah. the, the the funny thing that happened to us as well, uh, you know, so now I have fourteen companies that manufacture for me in Turkey, and we've gone, you know, usually taking the manufacturers name you know Ozerbos Makina would not resonate with North Americans but uh, they came up with Typhoon Defense and it most certainly has resonated oh yeah but um, uh, the the amount uh, the quality of the work coming out of there is fantastic but what happened to us the other week we were always inundated almost once a month with you know 15 to 20 new Turkish companies contacting us and it would happen religiously over a weekend and the funny thing that it ended up, we, we found out that the, there's a businessman's association specifically targeting firearms there, and they would all go and talk about their customers, where they're shipping guns, and who's buying a lot. <laughs> and when the meeting took place, 14 big companies in Turkey came out and said, oh, he's got a million-dollar order with me. He's got a million-dollar order with me. And then they realized that <laughs> we were buying at a much higher level, and then everybody started asking to do more business with us. And the one guy in Turkey who truly knows everything that's going on is the guy who there's one person who does Cerakote in Turkey. So my typhoons go to him for Cerakoting, my FD-12s, every single gun that I have. And Ranger, uh, another company that does bullpups for us, they kind of sat in and 
uh, were dropping off an order of about 300 pieces for us and then saw a thousand piece typhoon order getting Cerakoted, called us up and said, what the heck is going on? How did he get a thousand pieces and we only got 300? <laughs> so it's uh, created, and that's kind of that gives you an idea of the cottage-like industry that they have there. Truly. The transient workforce is that now they're pinpointing what my orders are with other people and saying, yeah, can you bump up my order? Because you gave him a thousand pieces. Oh, jeez. So, which I, I, you know, you go to a North American manufacturer like Armalite, and they don't want anybody to know what I'm buying. No. No, exactly. They, everything's very discreet and moves in here quietly and, you know, well, we're, we're selling. Uh, yeah. We're there. It's uh, everybody knows what everybody's doing. So it, it's been a great experience, um, you know, culturally going there and seeing the way that people live differently. And we work in a multitude of, of countries. Uh, we're very big in the surplus industry or the surplus side of the business. Mm-hmm. So I have a 55,000 piece shipment coming in from Africa, 20,000 Lee Enfields, 5,000 Webleys, 10,000 commando arms, uh, LDPs, uh, and a mix of other products. And even right now I have unfired grease guns here, Tommy's, uh, suppressed Uzi's, even the micros, uh, fully functioning Vickers. (laughs) So So I'm going to, I'm going to be contacting you about a private tour. We had, we had guys (laughs) through actually today as well. There you go. So people in yep. the industry who uh, Trevor, their security is really good. You're not taking an infield <laughs> off. off yeah. the they're gonna, no, they're going to give me one of those little cards put around my neck. They'll let me in. Now, will they let me open one of the infield? Yeah, you can't put it on your pants. Is it like a <laughs> wine tasting tour where you get to like just pick a couple, right? right? Oh, that's yeah. funny you say that too. Uh, every Friday, I cook ste- steaks for all of the staff. We call it Fillet Fridays. And if you're going to be visiting, we'll, we'll that's come the day by. to come through. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll retire early. You must have a spot for me there somewhere. Trevor, you I'll pick what? you up. All right. You'd be perfect. shocked at how hard it is to hire people in the firearms industry. It's really? probably oh, our no. biggest issue. We, look, the shop I was working part-time for needed to like really get somebody in there full-time. And apparently a lot of people in the industry are illiterate because, you know, like it says, you know, must have a restricted firearms license. And people are showing up with applications in hand that don't even have a regular firearms license. The, the, the pain he went through for a month and a half, like it was just ridiculous. Well, we've always had, it's been an interesting thing over the years, Um, you know, like any business, sometimes employees work out, sometimes employees don't, but I would have thought it would have been a lot easier. And the the interesting experiment over the last two years is we've had some people who truly love firearms, but maybe don't have sales experience and where they've struggled a little bit. uh, You know, we have a recent hire who's, uh, I guess he's a year here now, and he was selling credit cards at gas stations. And you oh, can no. imagine how hard that wow. must be. Yep. Do you want to save five cents on your gas? Uh, like I know what I would say. Yeah, we don't <laughs> even answer them. We just walk by them like we don't even see them. Yes. And, and this young guy, we found him. He got his pal to come and work here. And with no firearms experience, is selling like it's unbelievable. Oh, that's C- competitive. And so it's been really awesome. interesting. We've actually, some of the most recent hires here have not come out of this industry at all. Uh, they've got great sales skills, uh, and they're learning about firearms. Well, you know what? Sometimes that's actually the best. Train them up the way you want them, right? So, 
Mark, another concern I hear people uh, around the range bring up about why I, I don't want to buy a Turkish shotgun because I don't know about aftermarket or not aftermarket support, but warranty support. Like I know I can get a new a new set of interrupter bars for my 870, but can I get a recoil spring for this thing? Like, you know, I'm just I'm apprehensive. I never see parts available in stores. So what is the warranty support or just upgrade support for these Turkish shotguns like? Okay, a great question. One of the things in the earlier days that we were setting all these uh, legal agreements for distribution across the world, uh, Trigger Wholesale negotiated that depending on the manufacturer, we get between 2 and 3% of our purchase value back in parts to support Canadian warranty claims. Okay, um, so if you buy a million dollars worth of shotguns, you get 2 to 3% of that million dollars back in parts? Absolutely, every shipment. <laughs> so parts aren't a problem. I have 10,000 square feet of parts, uh, over 8,000 different parts. And I can tell you, I've had to tell them to stop sending me parts because what's happened, the original tagline of our company was, we carry the parts for every firearm that we sell, which it sounds really, really neat. But now I'm warehousing 10,000 square feet of parts for guns that aren't breaking. (laughs) So (laughs) So it is comical in the sense that I could, you know, sometimes if the Turks were out of parts, they could call me and I could get them. And what's unique is we've started to identify um, which parts work for other manufacturers' firearms. And I've been actually the supplier for products that are competing against me because we have this volume of parts here. And if one of my dealers, n- none of the dealers like to carry parts yeah. uh, because you never know yep. what's going to break. No, that's it's, right. it's tying money up and mm-hmm. it's far better to tie my money up than their money up. Absolutely. Uh, and we don't mind. So I literally have, um, uh, I can put it on uh, our Instagram and you'll laugh because it's literally 10,000 square feet of parts. Stocks, Amazing. flash hiders, chokes. I have 3,000 barrel extension kits in stock right now and probably 2,000 choke kits just for the Turkish guns. Oh, Every spring pin, even extra barrels. So uh, whatever stocks. dealer whatever dealer I got my gun from can just pick up the phone and get me parts as fast as you can ship them. As fast as we can ship them. Amazing. And, uh, we're generally 24-hour ship time. If it's in stock, we, we ship it within 24 hours. Dang. That's... You can't do any better than that. Yeah. Set an unfortunate high bar for us. The, the other thing that came out of the CSAAA events was people kept coming up saying, you ship so quickly. Uh, and, you know, if, why wouldn't I want to get it out the door if I have it? Uh, I send everything out the door on terms. Faster I get it out the door, faster I see a check, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, the, the parts thing is uh, an amazing thing. And, and, you know, in 10 years, I've carried all of the AR-15, M4, M16 parts. And many of those parts I haven't been out of stock in, in 10 years. Wow. So, but it's a little known fact. It's not the sexy part of a website or anything to, to go and say, hey, does Mark have a buffer tube? Or, you know, <laughs> well, what has he got there? And even when people come in here to tour, they have to walk through the parts area to get to the firearms and the ammunition. So they're, they're quite surprising. What in the heck is all of this? Oh, those are recoil pads for, you know, Turkish uh, single shots. And people Why do you have so call many? you up and buy them direct? They can't buy, buy direct. Uh, how warranty works on these firearms is we ask people to take it back to the point of purchase unless they are really far. As internet sales go up, we're, we're finding that, you know, somebody may be in Calgary and they may have bought off of an Ontario dealer. The other thing that's kind of emerging in the market is when now that I'm giving people access to my inventory, they are connecting it to their website 
and they'll sell out of my warehouse. So my guys are actually shipping it on the dealer's behalf. Interesting. Yep. So, so it's, uh, oh, go ahead. I, I was just going to ask about that. We see a lot of, uh, like on gun nuts, people are selling whatever, right? And it's, so it, if they need a part for it, how, where are they going to go for it? Uh, the, I would, at that point, uh, if you're looking for a part, we would always prefer that somebody goes to a dealer store because we have regular shipments to all of the stores. So to mail one part out here or there can be expensive, but if it's going with a pallet of firearms and ammo, yeah. no problem. You don't even feel the pinch of it. Um, but if somebody was really in a pinch, we had a competitive shooter who broke apart. They were fairly remote. Um, we, what we did was we called the local dealer and said, we're going to send it direct to him, and I will give you this credit on your account, which is the commission you would have got for selling it. Oh, jeez. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, it, it took me 10 years to build this base of dealers. Sure. And if they feel I'm competing against them. Oh, uh, the yeah, whole, you're right. Yep. The whole thing kind of crumbles. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we, we learned. I <laughs> The regional gun shows around here, I walked through it uh, four years ago when people are still uh, kind of saying, why were you at that gun show all those years ago? Were you going to sell stuff? And I'm like, no, I was just walking through. <laughs> so wow. I'm kind of, by the nature of my business, meant to sit further back yeah well yeah because you know dealers uh it's ugly but dealers will ride each other out if they see somebody breaking map pricing they it, do it and that's actually a positive for us because once i send the goods out to them they truly do from a legal standpoint own them and yeah. they can sell them for what they want it's just when the prices keep eroding um and keep getting down to the basement these dealers they really need to be working on a minimum of 20% margin just to stay in business. Mm -hmm. The cost of all of these things. So when there's a couple of guys who typically race to the bottoms, uh, bottom price point, um, we've actually stepped back from two dealers uh, who, you know, I couldn't figure out why, how they could operate on five, five points. And we just said, you know, we're going to hold back and watch and see what happens. And, you know, it's been a good thing to step away at, uh, although I'd love to be in every store, I don't have to be. And yeah. we really want to protect the guys. So there's gun stores for the next 20 years here. I just have one more, one more question. Sorry. Sure. I don't know if we want to have it. So you said that you're opening this facility. When exactly are you going to be opening it? Or is it going to be retail location as well? Uh, there's no retail location in there. The okay. idea of, you know, I spent many years, uh, Growing up golfing and my, my family, <laughs> my father was so addicted to golf, we traveled. Our vacations were almost centered around it. Um, and in the golf community, there's a golf course in St. Thomas, Ontario called Red Tail. And if you're a golfer, you know about it. You wonder how you can get there. You wonder how you can play it. Uh, it's an aspirational kind of thing. The Queen of England has stayed there, Sean Connery. And I've had the pleasure of playing the course. And the idea behind our ranges and stuff like that is we will not be selling range memberships for it, but anybody who is tied to the industry and wants to host an event out there okay. will donate that property for them to use for their event. Okay, Whether so it's a shooting range... event competition, any of those things, we'll, we'll donate the space to say, you can host your event out here for free okay. um, or law enforcement requalification, things like that. Okay. But it won't be a pay-to-play kind of range because... For because we'll at that point be storing almost a hundred thousand firearms at any one time there, we don't really want people walking the grounds every day. Right. How about a charity shoot? Absolutely. Just asking. <laughs> Ab I think I've heard I, I've actually donated to that many years ago to the 
Uh, it's the podcaster's charity, charity shoot. Charity shoot, yes, you, sir, did. you did. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. I, I always say the best way to get a prize is to ask me for one. That's <laughs> we, true. We don't yeah. often say say no, but if that was something that uh, you guys wanted to do in this neck of the woods, you'd be more than welcome to do it. Uh, awesome. The property is uh, owned outright by us today, and the construction, we've already awarded the concrete and excavation contracts just three weeks ago. Awesome. So they'll, they'll be starting it in the spring. Coming soon. Very nice. soon. <laughs> Vain we'll of my existence. Well, Mark, before we uh, say goodnight, you've dropped a lot of awesome bombshells and insights on us. Is there anything else you want to cover before we uh, cut you loose? You know, uh, I have never been a political person. I have never felt more strongly in my life the importance of getting everybody out to vote in, in this upcoming election. Um, supporting the the groups, whether it's the NFA, the CCFR, the CSSA, the CSAAA, all those things are really important. But getting out there and voting is what's going to keep firearms in our hands and keep our, our sport and our lifestyle alive. So, yeah, you, you know... That's the most important thing to me right now. I uh, watched with glee last evening (laughs) to some of that testimony. And uh, I was even calling up people that I know voted for him and and said, this is partially your fault, you know. (laughs) Absolutely. And you're off my Christmas card list. (laughs) Yes. My my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law took the brunt of it. And I uh, uh, said, you know... uh, uh, because I always, you know, I obviously I have a vested interest in the firearms community, but I also, when I'm not working here, I have a great love of firearms and the engineering and those things. And to think that some of that could be stifled for a couple of years until the government changes over again uh, bothers me quite a bit. So my, my big thing is uh, support the organizations that are supporting us because they are working very hard behind the scenes. But the biggest thing is getting out there and voting and, and mobilizing yourself. And of course, not everybody's a single issue voter, but um, I never you know, was <laughs> until I got involved in something that they wanted to take away from me for things other people did. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, uh, it's one, one thing that's weighing heavily on my mind. And that's why we've been touring MPs through here. We should throw a big shot show event. Uh, and I had five MPs at that and Andrew Shear's campaign manager. Wonderful. <laughs> so it, it was nice to see them kind of in public supporting you. It's one thing to get a phone call saying, I've got your back. It's another thing to be in the public eye supporting you. So absolutely. Well, that was a wonderful note to end on. Um, and, and you couldn't be more right. So let's hope that the, everyone, I'm sure all of our listeners are going to get out and vote, but maybe they can put pressure on those people that believe that voting doesn't matter. And I'm just one person, you know, well, if, if Every each vote one counts. Of, you got it. Yep. So, well, Mark, it's been a real pleasure and uh, I hope we can do it again sometime in the near future. Whenever you would like. And if there's anything we can do to support you, you let us know. Uh, wonderful. We will, uh, we will talk. Thank you so much. A couple of new typhoons would be nice. <laughs> you know what? I'm willing to put my, uh, my money where my mouth is here. Why don't I do this? Oh, I will donate three to you guys to use oh, wow. as you see fit. Wow. That's awesome. You, Way to go, uh, Kelly. Squeaky <laughs> wheel gets the grease. <laughs> so I will uh, send you a message. I'll give you the color palette of th- the 38 available colors. And you tell me which uh, ones you'd like and find a way to creatively use them and get them into people's hands. Trevor doesn't even need to shave his legs for this one. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, normally Mark is going to shave something for free stuff. <laughs> I'll leave cool. that to you, you guys. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. Well, 
Yeah, thank you so much, Mark. And uh, we know that you are a tremendous supporter of the industry and, and those working to promote and grow. And, and we really appreciate what you do. Well, thank you very much. And uh, again, we're, we're happy to be on the show and anything you need from us. Uh, my phone's always on. Thank you. Thanks. thanks. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks again, Mark. And thank you again for those shotguns. We'll be in touch. <laughs> Matthew, we're, uh, we're sad that you didn't join us this evening. Yep. Sorry, All not right. sorry. Yeah, sorry, not sorry. Okay, listener feedback. YouTube. Has anybody been paying attention on YouTube? None whatsoever. Any, any yeah, no, I stopped listening when they were suggesting that we give our guns away or some craziness. <laughs> <laughs> what? No. Yeah, like prizes <laughs> or something. Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. Send patches out and stickers. Shane, no, nothing has been announced yet. For once we, uh, for the Maple Seed, everyone, uh, Shane's asking if the calendar has been posted yet. No, it'll be coming out very, very soon. So just stay tuned. Listener feedback. Why don't uh, we go on to that? Uh, listener feedback is sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full-service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. He offers hot bluing, parkerizing, coating finishes, as well as wood finishing. Check out his online inventory of new and used guns, firearm accessories, optics, and more at uh, dcgunsmith.ca. You can also follow him on Facebook under uh, Armory, which is spelled the French way, DC Gunsmith, or you can also follow him on Instagram as well. All right. Why don't you take uh, Colin? Uh, Adriel, why don't you take Colin? From Colin, I was listening to your last show and that fellow was asking about training around Winnipeg. I would recommend he join a league night. There are several clubs in the area with league nights. You'll get a taste of Ipsic as well as several pointers or instruction from some good people. There's Wednesday nights at the firing line in Winnipeg and Monday nights during the summer out in Steinbach. Steinbach. It's Steinbach. Steinbach. Yeah. Uh, not far from Winnipeg. No black badges uh, needed to join either, but the firing line has a league fee and a guest fee that he would have to pay. And for Steinbach, he would require a membership to the range. I'm sure there is other league nights at other ranges in the province. I am just not sure when they are. There's also training courses through Fast Toys. I didn't know these guys were in Manitoba. Mm. He can book private lessons uh, here. And he points to uh, Fast Toys has uh, 90-minute training sessions. Uh, There's also group courses available. All he has to do is get in contact with Phil. Feel free to forward his email to the fellow who contacted the show and keep this handy in case people ask more about training in our region. So that's from Colin. All right. Uh, Trevor, do you want to read the one from Craig? Because it's actually for you. Uh, He's muted. Yeah. So this one's from Craig. Maybe he would. He says, Trevor, I'm looking for match primers for pistol ammunition. I was just wondering what you Yeah, I was going to, but you couldn't give me three seconds to get off mute. (laughs) Thanks, Craig. So do you want to answer him? Yes. What was it again? Uh, He's wondering what you use for match primers. Yeah. Um, I use federal small pistol primers. And if I find them and can get them for like the same price, I'll get federal match small pistol primers. But... Um, typically you don't get them at the same price. I buy them 5,000 at a time, anywhere between 240 and $265, um, per 5,000. The match ones are a little bit better, but, uh, the reason why I use federal is because they work in, in tuned match guns with light springs. If you, um, 
if you have a uh, double action, single action gun or a striker fired gun and the springs have been lightened, you may not get reliable ignition if you use some of the harder ones like SNB or Dominion, Winchester, CCI, that sort of thing. So federal small pistol, federal, actually federal all around uh, whenever possible. I get federal for everything. Yeah, they're per- because their primers go off with a lighter strike than other stuff. Which is also a downside because apparently they're supposed to be a little bit more explosive and will chain fire a little bit more readily than the other stuff. Okay. Just don't drop a primer tube. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, yeah, never. If you would like to email the show, you can email us at slamfireradio at gmail.com. All right. Podcasts, uh, apps, through. we don't have any reviews. Let's move on to shout outs. Trevor, what do you got? Um, mine is for Derek Merriweather. Huge shout out for being the um for winning the first ever pcc uh ipsic match in atlantic canada possibly eastern canada and probably everywhere east of manitoba so you know historical things first time we offered this division and derek uh deservedly so got the win he put a thumping on all of us and uh shot really well and and uh i don't feel like playing in pcc anymore i'll probably go back to classic (laughs) so great job derek uh you should be very proud man um much deserved win well done excellent adriel what about you Oh yeah, Tommy for the uh, for the beer offer and for the he, so he's going to loan me a bunch of twenty two ammo. He's also going to loan me his Magneto speed, so I'll be able to check the um, wow. s the speeds that are coming out of this ammo and the SD, which is something that's really nice to know for long distance shooting. Right, so very much uh, uh, thank you for that. He's also going to loan me a bunch of other stuff. I just I there's so much I I can't even list it all. I'll have to talk about it next week on on next week's show. He's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. And I'm his favorite. I am going to give a shout out to Colin, James, Brian, and Bren. These are listeners from Manitoba. I recently heard that uh, they're listening every week. So obviously Colin's listening because he sent us an email, but I just wanted to say hello and shout out to everybody. Patreon supporters. Uh, we don't have anybody new who's a Patreoni. However, just to let you guys know that if you are a Patreoni, we are going to be having some new content uh, tonight. So stay tuned. Uh, I might have to edit it tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Well, all right. In the next couple of days. And also, if you are somebody who's a Patreon supporter, we are going to be sending you, a.k.a. what? We're We're doing doing a Patreon show next. Yeah, we're doing a Patreon show next. Surprise! Remember, you arranged it. So if you are a Patreon, we're going to be sending you out some stickers, some patches, because you're important. Apparently the co-hosts aren't. Uh, <laughs> and also um, because of the fact that you are supporting us, uh, we're able to put our content every every week to you. So we would just wanted to say thank you about that as well. Make sure that you email us with your addresses. I know, Adriel, there's some new addresses in there as well, if you can contact, if you can check those. And the right. patch is like really skinny, so it's really easy to slap into an area where you have already have a bunch of patches in. Okay, it's a nice patch, apparently. I'm looking. All right, why don't we uh, say goodbye to everybody? So uh, go and join one of our national firearms or associations, like the CCFR, or, and go check us out on Gun Owners of Canada, and also like us on Facebook. As well. That's it, everybody. Have Come on, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs> So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something.
when the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.